Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. So what I'm going to do today, I'm going to get real basic, if that's okay. I'm going to take you to one of the toughest books in the Bible to find, and we're going to dissect a little bit, okay? So if you would, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Hopefully you'll be able to find that. Um, if you go to Exodus, you've gone too far. And if you get to your table of contents, hopefully you don't have to use that. Um, to find Genesis, um, just flip a couple of pages and I'm sure you'll be there. Um, so today I want to talk to you about one of my all-time favorite subjects. Fire. I like fire. And, and you know, it's like, Daniel, that's kind of weird. And Pastor Jason may be saying, that explains a lot, okay? Um, but, you know, I've done a lot of corporate training um, in, in one of my jobs. That's <laughs> an inside joke. Um, but, you know, in one of my classes, in one of my training classes, I do remember, how many of you like doing top tens? Nobody? Nobody. One person enjoys doing top tens. Well, in this, in this certain um, training seminar, they asked us to do a top ten fun things in your life. Okay? And so I'm not going to read my entire top ten um, because the LSU Tigers and the Texas Longhorns were in there, but not in a good way. So I don't want to lose any of you before I even get started, okay? Um, but number one was, of course, spending time with my wife and kids. Number two is anything Razorbacks. It doesn't matter. I'll watch the Razorback golf team. It does not matter, okay? Um, playing softball. Now, also, number four is playing at golf. Now, notice I said playing at golf golf, not playing golf, because what I do is not playing golf, okay? Um, I play at golf, and then, of course, number five is blowing things up. Um, <laughs> sorry, there you go. That's me in a nutshell, okay? But I want to really talk about today is the fire of God and embracing the fire of God, okay? But before I do that, I think that we really need to take a close look on the definition of of fire. So if you would take a look at your screen and it said Merriam-Webster defines fire as the phenomenon of combustion manifested in light, flame and heat. And the second one is a rapid persistent chemical reaction that releases heat and light, especially the exothermic combination of a combustible substance with oxygen. Doesn't that sound awesome? I think that sounds so cool. So I have no idea what it is about fire or fireworks that fascinates me. Um, it might stem back to the time that my brother almost blew up an evangelist. Well, he didn't really blow them up, but like aimed. Of, he was shooting. We were shooting bottle rockets, and the evangelist came out of the house. He had just had open heart surgery, and my brother turned to see the event who was coming out of the house, and a bottle rocket launched right into his chest. So after the evangelist takes a couple of steps back and makes sure he's okay, then we just laugh about it. Or, 
Okay, some of you may not understand this, but how many of you know what Aquanet is? Aquanet hairspray, it was probably some of the most stout, strongest hairspray ever invented. Okay, well, if you mix Aquanet hairspray with the curiosity of fire, um, something happens when you do that and combine those two. I won't go there because there's a lot of young young people in here. Barbara, you can thank me later. Um, that we're not going to be talking about blowing things up, okay? But um, ever since then, Fire and I have had this, mm, what I consider a mutually beneficial relationship. We do. It wants to exist. Fire wants to exist. It wants to burn, and it wants to blow things up, and I want to encourage it to exist by burning bigger and blowing things up louder, okay? Um, but fireworks only aid in the process of that happening. But from the, from the time... I was nine from I was born until I was nine years old. Every single year, my mom and dad, um, for y- either youth fundraisers or church fundraisers or fundraisers of some sort, we had a fireworks stand. Oh yes, hallelujah! Okay, but um, you know, one of my favorite parts of having fireworks stands was the defective fireworks. Why? Because I got to do surgery on them to reinvent them. So, you know, they have the instruction, they have the direction warning label on there for a purpose. That means that somebody has done something like that for that warning to exist. And guess what? I was probably that person and why that warning label is on there. Um, so there's been more, more than one time that um, things have just a big flashbang and I can't remember what happened. Okay? Um, that's happened a lot. Um, but one of the things that I least like about the fun and the antics and all the pretty show of fireworks, the thing that I liked the least was the smoky remains that I had to go and clean up. You're like, okay, Pastor Daniel, what in the world does any of this have to do with Genesis chapter 1? Well, it was during one of those times, of course, I was always picking up the remains of rockets, you know, fountains, bottle rocket stems, paper wrappers, and whatever. But it was during one of those moments of cleaning up debris that the Lord spoke to me. And he said, that is exactly how many people see themselves. They see themselves as used up and of having no value. That as some people feel about their relationship with God, they had their one moment of glory flying across the sky, but now it's no longer there. All that's left is just some smoky remains and residue of what used to be exciting. So I believe today that God has a message for us. God was the original pyrotechnic. Did you know that? He was the pyro expert, and he knows that fire and fireworks have a unique way of emphasizing things. Okay, and I'm going to give you some examples of that. You're like, are you sure about that? Are you sure that's, I don't know if I've read that in my Bible. Trust me, it's there, and I'm going to show you. Okay, there are moments in life that you will look back and try to remember 
and they all these moments and everything might be hazy, especially when you get up in age, kind of like me. Um, you can't remember things real well. But there are also certain times in life, what I call fireball moments, that are clear. Okay, like maybe the time that um, the trash wasn't burning quick enough and, you know, I decided, hey, a mason jar of gasoline would help that expedite that process of burning. Well, I was just going to just sprinkle it on. Well, when you kind of just turn gasoline, what happens? Yeah, a big fireball. Okay, it happened. I remember that. Or maybe the time I used... um, how. Young people, you've ever noticed that we don't have bonfires? There's a reason for that. Because one time I decided that I was going to drench a bonfire with gasoline instead of diesel. Um, Fireball. I learned my lesson. My wife doesn't let me have them anymore. Um, So there's a reason behind that. But trust me, any time that fire is involved, it kind of etches it in your brain a little bit more. So today, by looking at different examples of God's fireball moments in the scripture, we can see that God has a message for us. God's first fireball moment we can find in Genesis chapter 1 and reading in verses 1 through 3. But I want to talk about today that is found in that God's message for us is number one. The first thing that he's trying to tell you, number one. That I am creator. I am creator. And in Genesis 1, 1 through 3 in the American Standard Version, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was waste and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Here comes your fireball. And God said, what? Let there be light. And instantaneously, there was light. That's a big fireball moment. In the beginning of time, as we knew it, the universe was formless, empty, and dark. Dot, dot, dot. And then God spoke. What is God needing to speak to you today? Are you formless? Are you void? Do you feel unneeded? God is trying to speak to you today that I am creator. He spoke and a zillion stars shattered across the darkness. But let's take a look at the definition of what a star is. I told you I was going to break it down for you, okay? And I'm going to break it down really basic. So a star is a self-luminous, self-containing mass of gas in which energy generated by nuclear reactions in the interior is balanced by the outflow of energy to the surface and in which inward-directed gravitational forces and the outward-directed gas and radiational pressure are in balance. Okay, you got that? And to think, there are still people out there that think that an explosion just made that happen. And these are the same people that when they're hungry, 
They can wait in an imaginary garden for a runaway bread truck that doesn't exist to collide with a cow that nobody created and maybe the explosion will become a Big Mac. Okay, not near as many people laughed about that as I thought they would, but okay, we're going. We're still going, okay? But what does this message say to you? God is capable of bringing life out of emptiness. You know, I want to show you a picture of the royal palace of Tehran in Iran. You can see one of the most beautiful mosaic works in the world. The ceilings and the walls, they flash with diamonds and multifaceted reflections. But did you know, originally, the architect ordered all, um, the architect ordered specified huge sheets of glass and mirrors that were supposed to be from floor to ceiling. But what happened is during the shipping process, when they opened the crate of all the mirrors that were to be exposed, the mirrors were all broken. But instead of sending that glass back to have it redone, which of course would put them way behind schedule, the architect ordered for them to collect all of the broken pieces while he went to work. Never underestimate God's power to repair and to restore what was once void and formless. I'm going to repeat that again because I thought that was pretty good. Never underestimate God's power to repair and restore what was once void and formless. God said, I am creator. In one moment of time that can still be seen every night, God casts his vote and says, I don't believe in something without form. I don't believe in something that is empty. I don't believe in total darkness. He says to you across the sky every single night that I am creator. God wants to tell someone in this room today, before you were born, I set you apart. I knitted you together in your mother's womb. You were not an accident. You were not a mishap. And I, which is God, God has a destiny for your life. So God first told us that I am creator and God's second fireball message that God is wanting to tell you today is number two, I am faithful. So if you would turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. In chapter 15, it seems as if Abram had forgotten God's promise that he made to him in chapter 12. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read Part of chapter 12 and part of 15. So if you want to look at 12 and then we'll go to 15. It says, I will make you into the great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. That's Genesis chapter 2 
um, 12, verse 2. Verse 3, it says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those that, that treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Skip forward to Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. It says, The Lord appeared to Abraham or Abram and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. So at this time, Abraham was 75 when he received this promise in chapter 12. In chapter 16, we are told that he is 86 years old. And in chapter 17, we're told that he was 99 years old. We really don't know how much time there was between chapter 12 and 15, but it probably was several years. And there was no doubt that he was confused. Have any of you ever been confused by the timing of God? I will raise my hand real, 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 real high to that one. But you know what? This confusion reminds me of a story that I heard about a, um, a representative of a gas company. They phoned the owner of a brand new house, a beautiful new house um, that was about to be opened, and they were trying to hook up all the utilities. And But they were, you know, the gas company, they always, you have to make an appointment, right? Because if they light the furnace, they want to check to make sure there's no air in the line. They got to bleed the line. You know, they got to do, they got to test and certify it, okay? Um, but the owner said that it was okay, but he wanted to make sure that he was there. The owner said, I have to be there. And this guy was like, well, we're just hooking up the main that's outside. We don't have to go inside the house you don't understand. We, it's okay that we're not there to make sure that it all is functioning. And the caller insisted that people, that the representative insisted that his people were well-trained and would have no trouble doing what they needed to do. Even if the owner, it could be his wife or a child, a kid, or, you know, somebody that was responsible. And the owner said, you don't understand. When your man tries to adjust the furnace... He will go out of his mind. The thermostat in the hallway is just a dummy thermostat. It's there for my wife to play with because nobody can regulate her body temperature. He said, the real one is hidden that only I have access to, and I'll show you where that is. I don't know if you have ever been there, but there have been times in my life when I felt that somebody had hidden the thermostat in my life. And I'm up there at the thermostat. I'm trying to adjust levels and flip switches, and nothing is happening. I'm like, God, hello. Times when I faced, there have been times that I faced some type of crisis, and all the plans that I made turned up to dust. I'm like, why, God? Why did this happen? This was not in my plan. How many of you got a five-year plan? This was not part of that five-year plan. God, why did this happen? I didn't plan this. I'm a good planner. You know, I even plan down to when I'm going to eat lunch and where I'm going to eat lunch and what I'm going to have for lunch every single day. Trust me, that ain't me. But I'm just saying it sounded good. Okay? But for those that met that meal plan, go for it. Okay? But, you know, you have these times to where... Plans are sprung up out of the water. And in those moments, do you feel powerless? I hate feeling powerless. 
And that's, that's where Abram was. And God said to him in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 15, it says, The Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. But of course, you know, we've always talked about prayer is supposed to be a conversation with God, right? Well, Abram kind of argued with God, and he said, oh, really? You're my protector, you're my shield, really? My reward? Yeah, right. And in those moments, you ask the two questions that Abram asked God. He asked him, what can you give me? And let's look Genesis 15, 2, verses 2 and 3. Abram replied, O sovereign God, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son since you've given, birth, given me no children? Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. Verse 3, you have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Abram was saying, look at me, God. Look at my problem. Hello? I'm 80 years old, and well, my wife, she ain't no spring chicken. And you promised us to be the father and mother of a nation through my offspring? Hello? The clock is ticking, and I have no kids. What can you do, God? He asked that question, what can you do? And God responds in verse, in verse 4, Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up in the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. Verse 6, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as a righteous because of his faith. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur for the, of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. So God responded by saying, Abram, remember, I'm the creator. He also said, I can reach, pat, reach into the past and bring it into your future. And I am the Lord who brought you to where you are right now. The second question that you might ask God is, how can I know? And this is revealed by Abram again in verse 8. It says, but Abram replied, O sovereign, sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? And Abram isn't the only person that has asked that question. David did it in Psalms chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. David asked, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Habakkuk did it in verse chapter 1, verse 2. He asked, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? You know, it's okay for you to direct those tough questions to God because God's not scared of your tough questions. God's not scared of your tough times. God's not scared of your situation. Even Jesus did it. 
Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How does God respond? Are you ready for that fireball moment? He says, I am faithful, and I will do what I said that I would do. He will do what he says he'll do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For all of God's promises are what? They are yes and they are amen. Amen means they are final. They are yes and they are final. If God says that he's going to do something in your life, guess what? God is going to do something in your life. If he says it, it's done. You can put the money in the bank. It's done. God says what he will do. God is telling us something right now. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He who began a good work in, your, in, in you is faithful in, to complete it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And just last night as I was going through this and preparing and doing my final preparations for this, God gave me something that if you're taking notes, if you don't write anything else down that I have said, you you need to write this down because this was like a wow, God, aha moment. Stop worrying about the how or the why and focus on the who. I'm going to read that again because, y'all, I just got chili rumpers all the way up and down my spine when I said that. Stop worrying about the how or the why and focus on the who. So the third fireball message, and I'm, I'm quickly going through this. I want to give time enough. I want to give time for God to do something because I know he's going to do something in our altars today. Um, the third fireball message that God is trying to tell you is number three. I am holy. God is a loving and merciful God, but justice is still demanded. Justice is still demanded. In one of the very few times God uses fireworks, he displays a message to you that he is holy. Anybody ever in here remember the Ten Commandments? Real friends tell the truth, right? Right? A real friend would tell you if you had a booger on your face, right? Please, if I have a booger on my face, please tell me. But some people might say, oh, Daniel, that's mean, that's gross, that's just cruel. Why would you humiliate somebody like that? No friend. You want to know what is mean? Waiting until judgment day to tell you, oh, By the way, you can't come to heaven because you have sin in your life. Wah-wah. Sorry. It happens. Mm. But instead, God burns it out in a grand display of fire so you will know exactly what God expects of us. So, you know, we're going to quickly go through this. You know, number one, no other gods before me. Oh, wait. I'm 0 for 1 already because at times I serve myself instead of serving God. Mm. 
Number two, you shall not make for yourself an idol. If your life bends to it, guess what? It's an idol. And guess what? I could be talking about soccer. I could be talking about travel basketball, travel baseball. If your life bends to it, it's an idol. Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the, the, name of the Lord. Anybody ever heard OMG? Okay, I'm 0 I'm for 3 here. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. How many of you have ever missed church because of the fish were biting? I'm not looking up. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just going to look right at my notes. 0 for 4. Honor your father and your mother. Okay. I'll give you that one. You might, be, you might be one for five there. You shall not murder. Finally, I didn't kill anybody. But you know what? In James, it tells us that we have the power of life and death. And what? Our tongue. Hopefully, none of y'all been talking about anybody putting that poison out in the atmosphere, speaking life and death through your words and through your tongue. You're like, but I never picked up a knife or a gun and shot anybody. Guess what? Hmm, does it really matter? Okay. You shall not commit adultery. You're not married. And somebody spent the night the other night. Hmm. You shall not steal, taking anything that doesn't belong to you. You shall not lie. You know that little convenient lie just to, you know, make it sound good? You shall not covet. You often want things that aren't yours. And you realize that out, out of that test of ten questions, you might have gotten one or two right. God's message for us does not end there. But praise God, his fireworks display doesn't end there either. The final fireball message that God has for us today is that I am Savior. That I am Savior. So it doesn't matter if I'm 0 for 10 on the Ten Commandments. Guess what? It does not matter because God is Savior. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 27. I really I want to wrap things up with a, and put a little bow on it. I really believe that God knows what's best part of a fireworks show, right? What's the best part of a fireworks show? Say it out loud. Come on. The finale. You ever been to a fireworks show when you're asking for 20 minutes saying, are they done yet? Are they done yet? And when they're finally done, you're like, they're done? Really? But can I tell you, God knows how to put on a finale. And I want to go through Matthew chapter 27 um, really quick. Um, for sake of time, let's skip to um, chapter 27, verse 50. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook, the rock split, and the tomb broke open. The bodies of many holy people 
who had died were raised to life. Let's turn to chapter 28, and let's look at 2 through 6. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were afraid of him, that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Do you remember when I said that all God's promises are yes and amen? Guess what? There's your proof right now. There's your grand finale that God might have, Jesus might have died on that cross, but he said that I will rise again. And guess what? Three days later, he rose up out of that tomb. And he rose up out of that tomb for the sins of every single person person black white rich poor god died for you just the same as he did for me church and as the grand finale of all god our cross god rode across the sky on that day that i am savior he conquered death hell and the grave and is doing what he said that he would do that he conquered sin remember god is is a holy god the wages of sin of death someone has to die for your sin do you want it to be you to where you spend eternity in a place called hell of permanent torment? Or do you want to let God, who's already died on Mount Calvary, die for your sins? But in order for you to do that, you must accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There are people in here today that see themselves as used up and have no value. Media Booth, if you'll go ahead and start playing or altar music, please. There are people in here today that see themselves as used up and having no value. Can I tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. Throughout time, throughout history, time and time again, God has given us examples of how, number one, that he is creator. Number two, that he is faithful. Number three, that he is holy. And number four, that he is savior. And again today, he is trying to relay that message to you. Let's pray. At this time, I want to ask my altar team if they will go ahead and start making their way forward. Because you guys, God is in this place right now. God is wanting to touch some people right now. That you feel this, heart, this tug at your heartstrings. That's God saying, do you understand my message? And in a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you, for, for those of you that want to respond to the message and to the call of Christ, I want to give you an opportunity, and I want to remind you that if you would, if you're a lady, if you'll come and please let one of our ladies pray with you, and if you're a gentleman, we got two, two men up here that will pray for you as well. But I don't know who, what you need God to be. 
but God saved that I am. That I am. Do you need a healing? I am this year. There are some in here today that are saved, but your life seems to be formless. It seems to be empty. It seems to be dark. And you need creator. There are some that are just holding on, but like Abram, you are disoriented and you need him to show you that he is faithful. There are some in here today that are saved, but today God is showing you things in your life that are not holy. And God wants to remind you that I am holy. And maybe there's others here that you need God to be Savior. If you would, please stand with me. Every head bow and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for your presence that is felt in a mighty way today, dear God. And we just thank you because we know that lives are being changed right now. And that when we open up these altars, that people are going to respond. And today is the day, Sunday, February the 26th, is the day that they found I am. Would you just take a break long enough to see the fire that is burning in front of you and embrace the fire? Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.